SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's Therese Paler, Chiefs beat writer with the Kansas City Star. And we're back in the middle of it for another edition of Chiefs Game Plan. We have a great show for you today, as always. Kick off this thing with an interview with one of my main men. You guys know him before if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. It's Vic Tafer, Raiders beat writer from the Athletic San Francisco. We dive into the Raiders' improving run game, the return of cornerback Sean Smith into the starting lineup, and the various ways you can attack the Raiders' offense and defense. Really good conversation with Vic, um, who's covered the Raiders for a long time and is actually one, he's really one of the best in the country. So I, I know you guys know that by now if you've been listening. Um, that interview was followed up with a weekly A-team roundtable of myself, Sam Mellinger, Fahir Gregorian, Blair Kirkhoff, and David Hewlett um, as we wrap up the pod with a long discussion about Marcus Peters' suspension and what it means in both the short term and the long. I think you guys will find the long part interesting. Um, and we make our predictions for the game. It's a long conversation. We answer your questions as well. Really proud of this one. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, so without further ado, here we go. Here is Raiders beat writer Vic Tafer of the Athletic San Francisco. Here we go. Hey, I'm pleased to welcome on a man you guys are very familiar with by now. Uh, a man I've had on multiple times the last few years. And this is a, one of the best beat writers in the country. It is my main man from the Athletic. In the Bay Area is Vic Tafer. Vic, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. I appreciate that. How you been? I'm great, man. Ready to talk about this game with you, man. Um, <laughs> I don't think either one of us would have expected the teams we cover to be 6-6 six and six right now. Um, I do think that your team is playing just a little bit better than mine. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious to know like what the Raiders are saying about this matchup. and like A little beyond just the, yeah, they're a good team and all that. Like, How confident are they heading into this thing? Like, obviously, in past years, I've had trouble there, but obviously, they beat them already this year. That, that was big. That's a big emotional, you know, last second win. They're coming off two wins against pretty bad teams, but still, it's two straight wins. So, I think they were kind of down the dumps earlier this year, and they had lost four in a row, and some are counting them out. But now, you know, all of a sudden, they're back in it. They're six and six, three way tie, and if they win on Sunday, they're in really good shape. I hear you. Okay. As always, we start with the offense, and then we talk about the defense. So, um, Amari Cooper hasn't practiced the last few days. Any sense at all he's going to be ready to go, man? I doubt it. He just got cleared out of the concussion protocol yesterday. Okay. He still's got a bad ankle from that same play where he got hit in the Broncos game. So, didn't practice today. He's been working on the side with trainers, but... The Raiders are pretty cautious in general, I would think, especially with him coming off you know, the head thing and the ankle. I would imagine that they'd be safe and wait until next week. I got you. Um, the Crabtree should be back. And in general, how's this offense looking at you right now? Are they operating a little better than they were earlier in the season? Remember then, we were kind of talking about downing, messing the offense up. But uh, just curious how you think they've done since then. I think the offensive line has gotten better. I think they made some adjustments. They were um, – yeah, kind of getting comfortable with Marshawn Lynch earlier on the season. They were on the same page as far as Marshawn, what he liked to do. And he's more, been more of a zone guy than the power guy, which the Raiders run. So I just think that the uh, Mike Tyson, a good job, offensive line coach, getting them kind of straightened away. I think um, Donald Penn held out training camp. I heard him. He wasn't quite the same when he got back. I think now you see him and Assembly kind of working together better on those double teams, which is a big part of their offense. So I think the other line is coming around. My son's had about three good games in a row. He's coming around. So I think there's some hope just from that point of view, from the running the ball and kind of getting the tempo going. Are they going to more power stuff? I saw Marshawn broke a long run last week. It seemed like they came on a power play. It did. It was perfect timing. It was a power play, a third and one. For some reason, the Giants, we obviously we both can see them live, are not very good. Oh. The Giants blitzed. I don't know what their safety was doing. And the linebacker went the wrong way. And so once KO took out the, the linebacker, it was wide open down the middle of the field for, for Marshawn. Yeah, man. Um, that's bad news for the Chiefs if that line is getting going. I, I like the Raiders' line. I was, I was wondering what was going on earlier in the year. Uh, how's Derek Carr looking? And have they synced this offense fully with Todd Downing yet? Still not where he was last year. I don't know if it's the uh, the injuries. He's kind of um, 
making a bit rid of the ball a little too fast. But I just think, obviously, Cooper, when he was playing, had some drops. So the offense was the passing game wasn't really in sync. I think, obviously, even Crabtree back is huge. I think uh, Carl Patterson, the show, he's a weapon. Didn't have a full route tree, but he's definitely good on screen plays and, and some of the trickery, like some reverses or end arounds. Definitely a big-time athlete, super super quick and fast, and definitely making guys miss and get downfield. So I think he's been a weapon for him this year. Uh, other than that, though, like Seth Roberts has been kind of off this year, not been much. Johnny Holton's kind of a deep threat once in a while, but again, he doesn't have the hands to really be more than that on a regular basis. I think uh, Jared Cook, obviously had a huge game against you guys the first time, but <laughs> but but since then, he hasn't done much. I think teams kind of take him away a little bit now. I think that's kind of a, been a new approach against the Raiders, so we'll see if he bounces back this week. Oh, isn't that nice? Um, hey, I'm sure that he'll be ready to roll because he lit him up last time. Um, okay, in the recent game, the, the Raiders lost to the Patriots. Um, the Bills, like what? What have the defense done? What has the defense done to keep the offense in track? Check. Well, I mean, they played the they played the Broncos and the Giants. They played they played Paxton Lynch and Geno Smith. Yeah. So now they're back on track. But I just um, I think some of the same question marks are still there. Obviously, I think covering tight ends has been an issue. I know they had success against Kelsey the first time was. Bruce Irvin kind of knocking him around a little bit. But a tight ends have been an issue. Covering running backs have been an issue against the Patriots that killed them. So I think the same pass coverage problems are there. They're not, they're not great at safety. Their middle linebacker, Navarro Bowman's been okay, but he's kind of, you know, he's not quite the guy he was in his heyday. So I think their defense still got some uh, some issues, which I'm sure the Chiefs can exploit. On defense, uh, I am curious to know about your evaluation of Navarro Bowman. Like, nobody thought he was going to be, like, a great cover guy, but – um, he does seem to have added something to that front, giving him a little bit more juice in the front seven. Yeah, he's got the experience. Obviously, the guy that were playing before him, Martel Lee, you know, was a young, very green kind of guy, strictly a run guy. So I think Bowman has the experience. He kind of is the kind of the calming factor, definitely a leader on this team. I think he's definitely still good against the run at times. I think where you get in trouble with him is if you play him on passing downs or teams go at him. Uh, in the air on a running down, and you're going to have trouble. So I think he didn't look very good against the Patriots. Obviously, that's a tough a tough matchup. He's been better these last two weeks, but uh, I'm curious to see how he does against the Chiefs on Sunday. That's interesting. I see my old friend Sean Smith is back in the starting lineup. Uh, how about that? What's been yeah. the little ballad with Sean Smith? What's going on with him? Uh, they had nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> They ran out of bodies. No, I'm being mean. I think Sean's gotten a little better. Obviously, Sean's got um, limitations. He's not uh, as quick as he once was. I don't know if he was quick, but he's lost some ability with his feet, and the ability to run's not quite where it was at in years past. So he has trouble against smaller guys. You know, he can guard the bigger guys okay. Like, he did a good job against Demarius Thomas recently. That's kind of his, his niche right now. I think they try to help him out and other kind of matchups with some safety help. So I think. Um, He's a veteran. I think for him, it's all about, you know, it's, he's a, I like Sean, but he's a weird guy where he has all his confidence in the exterior. But I think on the field, if things go, if things go wrong, I think he doesn't bounce back well from bad plays. It takes him a while. That's where he gets in trouble. So I think um, that's my, my analysis of Sean Smith. You're, you're, you're body language doctor. I got you. Um, how's, Charles, how's Carl Joseph been doing? I liked him as a player. Um, just curious what you think of him right now. I think he's solid. I mean, I think ideally when you, you know, get a safety in the first round, you want a, a big-time impact player, you know, a guy who makes plays, and you're like, wow, that guy's, that guy's something else. He's not been that. He's good. I think he's okay. I just don't think he gives you um, not enough in, in, in pass coverage or else. Also, not really stuff in the box either. I think he's just been just – he's good. I don't think he's really been a difference maker, which I think is what they needed uh, out of him. If you were facing the Raiders' defense, like what would you go at now? tight end and running backs every time <laughs> and then i would say every every eighth play i'd throw deep maybe on um, can take a play down there but i just think they're so i'm surprised when teams go away from that plan like the patriots did all day long i just think it's there for you i think i got i'll tell you this one when john pagano came in two weeks ago they made a, a big deal about how the raiders have less explosive plays or secondary apparently has gotten better on the plays over the top but my answer was, that's only because guys are wide open 15 yards down the field. I mean, if, if I'm a quarterback 
I have a guy right open 12 yards away. I'm not going to go deep. Why would I go deep? <laughs> so I think, I think that stat's a little skewed. But um, So, again, they haven't done really well against against good quarterbacks. I, I regard Alex as a good quarterback still, so I think that's going to be a, a tough spot for him Sunday. All right, man. Is there anything else about this Raider team that fans here should know? I'm, uh, I'm actually curious to know, like, has anybody talked about Marcus Peters missing this game? What, what, what have you heard about that? Well, the company lines, I'm sure Del Rio told him to say to everybody, was like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like an injury. It's no big deal. We're not going to adjust our game plan, which has yeah, a bunch of malarkey. I'm sure it's a big deal in the meeting rooms. But the outward um, answer has been, you know, whatever, no big deal. But, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, on that last play in the game, the first game, I was, they went away from him. They went by a play, the, the crab sheet for the last score. Yeah. They usually run that play to the right, but they ran it the other way because of uh, Pierce being on that on that side of the field. So they're definitely aware of where he was. Definitely, um, you know, sure not having him out there is definitely a big deal. Wow. Did you talk to your man, uh, Crabtree, this week? I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that one. What was uh, that? Did you talk to your man, Crabtree, this week? Was Crabtree? I did a little bit. He's fired up. I mean, obviously, he, um, <laughs> he was, he's emotional. Always uh, missing a week hurt him. But, um, yeah, he definitely, he, this is definitely a big game. I think he wants to uh, to show that he's still one of the top guys in the, in the league. All right, my man. All right, Vic, give me your prediction for Sunday, brother. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say the Chiefs win by a field goal, 33 to 30. Oh, I'm going to warn you now. The visiting team beat writer has picked the Chiefs the last four weeks, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Um, uh-huh. yeah, I, stay I with it, If you believe it, stay with it. I don't, I mean, I'm not going like, to go to Vegas and bet money on it, but I mean, I just think, like I said, this team, I, I, I'm not buying the defense improvement. Everyone's saying the defense has gotten better of, of late, but. Again, you, you beat Paxton Lynch and Geno Smith. That means pretty much nothing to me. So I got to see it against Alex Smith. And uh, I still think Alex has got too much to, uh, to handle for these guys. All right, all right. Appreciate it as always, Vic. Take care, man. I'll see all you on right. Sunday, okay? All right, partner. Appreciate all right. it. Yep. Okay. Good stuff there from Vic. Let's go to the A-team roundtable. Hey, everybody. It's Therese Paler, chief beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And I'm here with the A-team. It's Blair Kirkhoff. Howdy. Fahey Gregorian. Salutations. Sam Mellinger. Hello. Very interesting day. A lot going on. Um, we're going to talk a lot of Harrison Bucker right now. We're going <laughs> to right from the go. Dive right in. Dive right into the, why he, the heroic why he way he missed his first kick and it. came back. It was incredible. The news of the day. What a no, moment. Obviously. Um, Marcus Peters, this is a big deal in multiple ways. And what we're going to do for you is we're going to tell you how it's a big deal. We're going to tell you why it's a big deal. We're going to talk about his future. Um, but in the immediate future right now, let's just go through like what this means. Obviously, Marcus Peters will be suspended um, in, in, in this very crucial game against the Oakland Raiders. Against his team? A, a team he always plays well against. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs need to win this game. They've lost six of seven. And they're going to go against a team with two very good receivers, a Pro Bowl quarterback, and that means they're going to be an injury away from playing Phillip Gaines at cornerback. Um, so this is a really impactful suspension in the short term and in the long. Um, this is the first time Andy Reid has suspended a player in Kansas City for an entire game. Last year, in December, he suspended Travis Kelsey for a quarter. We still don't know what that was for, but Kelsey did play. And I will remind you that Kelsey was ejected from the game against the Jaguars. And he was not suspended the next week. He played. So this is the Find, first time. not suspended. Right. Yep. This, and the league fined him. Yep. So this is the first time that Andy has done this, which means he felt this rose to the level of a suspension. It was my opinion, and you, wrote, you had a column on whether or not Andy needed to do something, but it was my opinion that you needed to gauge the room and see where the leaders were. Where were they with this? Did they feel like something needed to be done for the incident on Sunday? He threw the flag into the stands. He walked off. If you feel like he quit on the team, I get that. But on the other hand, why was there security personnel walking with him? That means everyone knew, everyone thought he was suspended. I'm sorry, ejected. So it's a complicated thing, but Andy obviously waited because he did not announce this Monday. He did what he needed to do. He weighed this and came to a conclusion. 
Um, I'm interested. To the room, as right. You, as you I think so. Although, he, he did say that he told the leaders about this after he made the decision. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he settled on this for a little bit, though, because he didn't do this the next day. He probably did it yesterday when Marcus tweeted LOL. So that's my hunch. You, you know uh, but, but I want to know what you guys think. Well, one quick thing that's interesting that also distinguishes it in a different way from the Kelsey thing is, as far as we know, this is the first time Andy's ever spoken to a situation like this, and he felt it necessary to bring it up himself on a Wednesday afternoon. We've seen situations where he'd just say, as we famously do, I, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, he, he didn't go deep into it, but I thought it was of interest that he felt the need to state it publicly. Um, he didn't, wasn't asked about it. Wasn't asked. He, he, he just, brought it up before he took well, questions. Before well, the first question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was trying to do that so he would not get asked questions about that. But that, you know, <laughs> right. come on. How'd that work? Good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, come on. Of course we're going to ask questions about it. I am interested to know... Um, you know, from your point of view, guys, you know, what does this mean for both the immediate future and the long? Vahe, I know you're working on something maybe on the long-term future. Like, what's your thoughts on it? Well, a couple of things. I mean, you're, you're right, though. They're, they're two separate matters in a way because um, it sure seems like uh, something's gone awry with this team and maybe maybe part of their part of the drift here is uh, needing a message to get them recentered and saying, you know, this is what we do as a team, et cetera, et cetera. It really depends on how we understand why they did it with Marcus. But in, in the long term, this is something that, uh, you know, really came out of a discussion with you, Therese, a little bit, is, you know, what does it say about what this means for the future with Marcus? And, you know, we haven't even gotten into um, the whole other aspect of this in terms of his relationship with the fans, if you want to call it that, which certainly has um, taken a turn with, with the, uh, the protests during the anthem and things of that nature, and with uh, Marcus not doing that since Clark Hunt had a talk with him or since Clark Hunt talked to us. So you, you wonder if you see footprints here of uh, uh, a questionable future for him continuing with the franchise. And one thing I'll bring to mind here is entering his fourth year, this is his third, the Chiefs have a decision to make on him. They have to decide whether or not to give him the fifth year option. I, don't, I think it would be worth eight, nine million, something like that. Um, and this year has gone very poorly for both sides this is not the ideal third season for this guy um and i think at this point it's okay to wonder whether or not that extension is going to be exercised here because you can't have another season like this um and i I think i think it's okay to wonder about that now i do i don't know if (laughs) I, i can't imagine marcus has been okay with some of the things he's seen tweeted to him and messaged him I can't imagine many of you are very happy with him if you're very patriotic. I get that. Um, I also understand that some of the things you've seen on field are probably distasteful to you. Um, I think I think this is one of those situations where, you know, we might be in a situation where a guy's a bad fit in the city, and sometimes that happens. Um, doesn't mean that that's exactly the case. Doesn't mean that can't change. But um, Andy's decision, in my opinion to suspend Marcus will only validate the people who do not like him already. And they will have all the ammunition they need to never like him. Um, whether or not the decision is wrong or right, because obviously he went too far. But there's a lot of levels to this. And I'd be interested to know what you guys think about that. Well, I, I wrote this the other day. I, I thought they had to do something. I, I didn't know that they'd go full game. You know, I think I was thinking more like a half or something like that. But... Um, I'm not going to argue. I mean, like, you can't... I, I, I'm working under the assumption, too. I don't know if you guys are as well. Um, this was not about the flag. This was about walking off the field. That is my assumption. 100%. I guess. Because he I, left I, the I game, guess. apparently so. told everybody that he was suspended. That was a security guard that walked off the field, I think, because, um, you know, I think a security guard, even even when there's an injury, a car, like a security guard kind of right. escorts chief, you He's know. a chief security guard. Yeah, the yeah. chief, you know, travels with the team, uh, works here in the building. Um, as far as the future... Um, I don't know. I mean, you guys probably know if you watch this on any regular basis. I really like Marcus um, as a player, and I think football will trump, you know, sort of this, some of this stuff. That, that he's too good at too important of a position, and and they'll do everything they can to sort of you know get him in line. I understand what you're saying, Trez, about a bad fit for a city. Um, the only part of what you said that I'd quibble with a little bit. Uh, I don't want to get into this whole big thing because this would be a five-hour show or whatever, but. Um, you can be patriotic and support Marcus. You know, like people, I'm patriotic and that's why I don't like Marcus. There's plenty of people who are patriotic and and support, 
you know, as patriots, rights to, you know, peaceful protests and all that. But little quote, I, I know that's not what you meant. Um, but I, I think that they had to do it because the season's unraveling in a lot of ways. And, and this was the most sort of egregious example of on-field behavior. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate in some ways because of this off-the-field stuff that it lands on Marcus because you're right, people do dump all of this other, you know, kind of crap onto this. Um, but people who, who hate Marcus just for the, the, the protests, they're going to hate him regardless. And I think just from a football point of view, he walked off the field when the game was still going on. Um, I, I thought they had to do something. I didn't think he had a choice. Well, but, but if he believed... If he believed he had been disqualified, maybe we'll never get to talk to him about that. Did he assume he was disqualified? Did did an official say something? Did, was it was he told that? Did he just I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive about this, but I think that the fans, Chiefs fans, are unhappy with Marcus Peters for not standing for the anthem. And, but he took care of that, right? He doesn't. We don't see him now during the anthem. Stays in the room. Stays in the room. Yep. So that, to me, that that was that resolved. Um, they don't like him because he, his tackling habits. Yep. He, he, we, we saw one of those examples in the, in the Jets game. But the Chiefs are a better team with Marcus Peters. No question. And that, to me, is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, not whether he's a fit or not, but. You know, you want the best players that you you want the best twenty two guys on the field. He was a really good. I'm sorry, but Therese, but he was a really good player last year, and he was making plays and interceptions and and, and having and, and having antics and, and kneeling. Yeah, and, and <laughs> kneeling you know, and putting the ball and putting the ball in for whatever stands. reason. Yeah, uh, I don't know why people forget about that, but he was doing this all last year. And they don't. I also have an issue. I think some of the anger about what he did Sunday is certainly exacerbated by by people who probably don't like him already right, right. because of the angry okay. because of the anthem issues and it doesn't matter where you come out on that and like I'm glad you clarified for me like that's not what I meant I was just trying to sure you know a lot all Short of us in here are patriotic yeah. patriotic yeah. right but you know a lot of people sometimes use that as a you know reason to totally. dislike it look the the point here is that you know this is a guy that has been divisive in the city and um I think he's always been much more liked in the locker room than probably fans like him, no especially this year. Um, I, I do think it's interesting, though. You know, Vahe, we were talking about this. I don't think there's like a set belief in this locker room about whether this is the right or wrong thing to do. I think there are some people that probably you would expect to defend Marcus that think, yeah, that was too far. And some people you'd probably think would it, be against Marcus and say we probably need him to play. I don't. I don't think he deserves it. I, I don't think that the room is a cohesive, a hundred percent in in line with that. Right. I don't think everybody. I think. I think people have different opinions on this in there. It they, never could be. Sure. Like, I mean, just the the sheer math of like getting fifty three people to agree on anything. You know, short of Marcus. <laughs> Just doing something, you know, that that no NFL player has ever done on the field. Um, th- I think there's always going to be some disagreement. But anyway, no, no, just that. I mean, we, but had, I, we had a chance to get around. Well, beyond the room. that, though, uh, I mean, beyond that, I think it's probably more fifty-fifty than you probably yeah, think. Yeah, and it, in a, but it, in an interesting way, without getting too uh, giving too much away here, but we did have a chance to get around the locker room and kind of privately canvas some people that, and I think this is what Therese means. Maybe some people you'd expect would automatically uh, say. Oh, we're with them all the way, and he got screwed. Or uh, there are guys who would say this—he had it coming. Uh, it's not really like that. It's it's much more thoughtful, actually, than that. It's right, and I, I think, think this is more nuanced than you yeah, probably think. Yeah. Well, in, in including Andy Reid's responsibility here, you know what? I think there was, as you said, after the game, we, we all thought Andy's got to do something. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? Uh, it turns out he went farther than he ever went with in terms of punishment team discipline with, with another player and what message is that is that supposed to send or is it, it will it be a you know will it be agreed upon by everybody in the locker room I, I don't know I don't think so but I think maybe for the first time since I've been covering the Chiefs it was a bold stroke by, by Andy yeah, Reid you yeah, know and, and yeah. I, I just haven't seen too many of those when it comes to player discipline yeah, yeah. And, and right Kelsey doing his thing you know uh, throwing the towel and 
um, in the hand gesture, it was, uh, we need him to be, you know, not do that, basically, was the message. Context matters, too, not just, like, all the Marcus stuff that we're talking about, but I think it matters if the Chiefs have lost six of seven. Like, I, I wonder if when, when they lost that game uh, in Minnesota, when Donald Stevenson stripped, <laughs> was it Sharkandrick <laughs> West, um, you know, and, they, and that was the fifth loss, that was one and five. And at that point, after that game, if, um, it doesn't have to be Marcus Peters, just pick whoever, Travis Kelsey or whoever, like if threw a flag, walked off the field, did that stuff, I wonder if the reaction would have been, you mm. know, similar. I, I think it matters that this team has looked like, you know, they have not they have not shown the signs of a well coached team yeah. for some time, and I think that matters too. Well, look, in, it, the, the losing in, matters too. Yes, in, yes. The losing and in the very like the very moment we're talking about was like the fifth penalty in four plays. Yes, right, and and a team that looked unhinged at the end of the game, um, <laughs> certainly undisciplined. And and if you wanted a symbol of that, it was the guy walking off the field, right? You no, know, fairly or unfairly, I mean that was the most colorful of the. Uh, yeah. Misadventures literally had no impact on the game. Yeah, but I think that's, that's what you're going to remember. It's memorialized it is. by that. It's moment. important that that play didn't affect any of the outcome of the game. Yeah. And and maybe I'm the only person who thought this at the time. He threw the penalty flag into the stands, and then when I heard that, I didn't because it was on the opposite end of where we were sitting. Right, I didn't see the play. Or we had a we had to see the replay you. to yeah. see what was the, the penalty called. The foul was on uh, Stephen Nelson. Nelson. And I just thought, yeah, there's a guy who's so sick of everything that's going on and mad that his teammate got flagged that he took the penalty flag and threw it in the stands. Marcus has had took it. Took up for his guy. Yeah, took up, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was defending yeah. his guy there. Well, Marcus has had it. His body language throughout that entire game was abysmal. He is really frustrated. And there was always this concern, you know, uh, he cares so much about winning. He cares so much about football that if things started going poorly, yeah. that this could happen, that this was – there was always this concern, you know. Some people take it harder than others, and some people are more volatile than others. And I mean, you saw it throughout the course of the game, you know. That third, you know, convert. Put it this way, I'd be shocked if you, converting the third, like losing the three, thirteen or twenty yeah. on third downs. I mean, there were just mm-hmm. like just yeah. the complete frustration. I think that probably has something to do mm-hmm. with the fact teams don't really need to go at him. I mean, you look at that game, the Jets are running combos with uh, uh, Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson on the other side of the field. You know, they, they, why, you, what do you need to throw at Marcus for? They're putting Chad Hansen on Marcus Peters. Have fun because they don't let him travel. So it's like, okay, here you go. We can just scheme away from you. I will tell you this. I looked this up on Football Outsiders. Marcus Peters has been targeted 52 times this year. And according to Football Outsiders, he has an offensive success rate of 44%. That's the second lowest in football. Um, that means that more often than not, when something really needs to get something, when a team needs to get something on Marcus, they don't get it. Explain offensive success percentage, too. Uh, that, that's incomplete pass, interception. I'll, I'll read you the direct. But it, it, takes, in, it takes into account um, situation, too. Yeah. So, like, on third and five, if you give up a three-yard completion, three, that's yep. a win yep. for yep. you, right? Yep. It, it's, it's that nuanced. Yep. Yep. Um, second lowest in football. Yeah. It is, That's surprising because it doesn't seem like he's played, you know, up to his standard. It's the it's the percentage of plays where this cornerback was in covers that did not meet the baseline for offensive success. Forty five percent of yardage on first down, sixty percent on second down, a hundred percent on third down. And the reason you're saying that is because of the missed tackles. Mm-hmm. The effort was not there, mm-hmm. but they got that fixed. Al Harris said it would get fixed, and he's been better at tackling. And um, it's also some of the blunders they've had, right? Where the, the switch route, he was, wasn't he one of the people that ran in the, with uh, Steve Nelson? Yeah, Nelson was, yeah. collided. So, yes, so, yes. And then some in mm-hmm. Dallas, too, there was a blown coverage. So the right. ones he's blown have been pretty – my point is, like, this is probably a lot more nuanced than, you know, many people – than the default assumption is, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what do we think this is going to do for this team in the immediate future? What does this mean for this week? Weakens the secondary. Yeah, okay. um, so, so how's the secondary going to line up? Who's going to be the for the first time in three years? Who's going to start? Reed better play a whole game, <laughs> and he better play uh, better than he did against the Jets yeah, in that well, first half. He was Andy was asked about that today, and and uh, it didn't sound like he was ready for a full you know it did full not. load <laughs> full <laughs> action. I hope you like I hope you like Terrence Mitchell because uh, and I do uh, I do I like do Terrence too. Mitchell. Guess who played left cornerback in college and high school? Hmm. Mitch, yeah. How about that? So I, I think I think you're gonna probably see him. Um, 
probably Nelson in the slot and then Revis and Nickel. Mm -hmm. But you put you one injury away from Gaines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Gaines is probably okay if you keep him on the outside. But if he's on the inside, yeah. you can't play the slot. You know, if Steve Nelson gets hurt, you're in trouble, basically. Yeah. That's what yeah. that means. If Steve Nelson gets hurt, <laughs> I don't know who's playing. I mean, I guess Gaines is playing the slot. You know, so that weakens you. This Raider team can throw. They threw for 417 yards. Yep. <laughs> I tell you what, when we're sitting here talking about it, if Steve Nelson gets hurt, you're in trouble after the last series yeah. he had out, out there in New York or in New, New Jersey. Oof. It's true. It's true. I mean, somebody brings it up here, like, you might have to go to Ron Parker. Like, Parker might have to play. But we don't know if Eric Murray can play. Eric Murray's got an ankle issue. Didn't he didn't pra practice didn't today. Didn't practice today either. So now what? Now Steve Terrell. Terrell was okay, though. Terrell had some plays. Another player who was actually good on Sunday was Benny Logan. Like, despite yeah. that penalty, he was great. But my point is, like, you know, in the short term it weakens you. I am wondering, do you guys think there's any chance that this, if they win, right, does this give this team any kind of juice, you know, show Andy's willing to discipline somebody? Sure. Is there something to that? I, as bad as things are going, if they win, they're in first place. And you can, yeah, you that's can, right. You can interpret a win any way you want. Yeah. To the winners go the interpretation <laughs> of, you know what? of their condition. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but look, they, they lose this game. This game really does tilt everything, and it goes from more than just interpretation. I mean, it really becomes, you know, the definition of where they are. I mean, they, they lose this game. They lose their power to, to control what's in front of them, right? I mean, it's... Brian LeBird says, so we can expect Nelson to get hurt on Sundays. <laughs> First series. <laughs> right out the gate. That's good, Brian. Uh, One thing that's interesting is that, like, Peters can't practice. Like, he's not here. Like, no, I, that's right. I'd be shocked if he's not on a flight to Oakland or wasn't on one last night. If they lose this game, we sure he comes back? I'm just Ooh, completely God. throwing it out there. Like, just gets on a plane and comes back to Kansas City? I'm just saying. I don't know. He, tweet, he that would, tweeted. That would make that fifth-year option decision yeah. a little easier. Well, he tweeted LOL yesterday. I'm assuming that's when he was informed of this decision. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there to the room. That's not based on anything. I'm just, if they lose and they're 6-7. and seven, Oh, I gotta think he'll be back. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, but like, I mean, with his Marcus, and now that you've planted this thought, though, I, know. I mean, is he gonna be on the Raiders flight home with, the, <laughs> with, with, with Marshawn? I mean, he's. I'm. I'm sure he's in Oakland, right? Like, I would he's think he's gotta come back. But like, literally, with Marcus, I don't think you can predict anything. I would not have expected that man to punt the ball into the stands twice. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. I'm just not. He's he's gotta come back, otherwise, he's not gonna get a second contract from anybody. Probably. I mean, that's I mean, like what, what team? Well, he, no, he's actually already vested this year, yeah. so it counts as an accrued season. But he, and he, he'd get signed. I mean, somebody would take a chance on the town; wouldn't be as much money, right? Um, you know, he'd certainly cost himself not just the last quarter of the contract uh, or the salary. Yeah. I, I think you got to play twelve games to have like an accrued season. He has done that. So, do you really feel like um, most likely the timing on that LOL is? I don't know. Is I'm that, just throwing it out there. I don't know. If I knew it, I'd report it. I don't know. I know. But, I mean, if... if uh, it was if, last if, night. The tweet was last night. I thought it was yesterday late afternoon, yesterday maybe. Yesterday afternoon. But I tell you what, um, <laughs> well, you can't prove what it's about, but if I'm the coaching staff and I see that that's the reaction to the suspension, I'd find that a double down maybe problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he did, like, Andy specifically said, um, <laughs> specifically said he'll be back. The fall. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I remember you said that. Yeah, he, was, he was smiling as he left the field. Yeah, he's uh, happy. On, on Sunday. Yeah. Andy would not say how Marcus handled the decision. He would not tell us which veterans he talked to. Um, he also did not tell us specifically whether or not what the suspension was for, whether it was for tossing a flag or leaving the field. Um, so, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of. Also, know, he said it was not for cumulative reasons, but I would suggest that. Had not and all the other shenanigans happened this season that you wouldn't suspend them for uh, a game here. I also wonder if this would happen if they were, you know, what they were supposed to be right yeah, now, which yeah. is like twelve and two or something. Yeah, ten and two or nine and three. If they're nine and three and lost to the Jets and everything, and then that Jets game happened, I, I don't know. I don't think we're talking about a full game. Yeah, yeah. we're all guessing here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good times here in Kansas City. Um, yeah. Right, Appreciate gonna, you, man. I'm going to walk out this door, man. All right, Smiling, guys. right? Hey, All right, smiling. <laughs> Take these with you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you brought them in. <laughs>
You gotta let that marinate for a second. <laughs> Walking out of man. <laughs> Next time we see Sam, he'll be not a man. That's not easy. A little less. Poor Sam, you know. We don't want a video of that. All right. We can do a selfie. Yeah. Um, we cut get, this for the podcast, right? This part? Right, okay. Right, cool. yeah. You guys got anything else on this? Do you, do you guys think like fans will take Marcus back next year? And they want him back in a, in a, in a legitimate Look, way. all this stuff relates to a lot of different things, but if he's returning to pick six every other week, huh? I think that changes the conversation too, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a critical, strange critical mass of, of things that have come together you, or not here. You asked the question, and I've, I've been here, I guess, as long as anybody, if not longer. And I, I don't remember there being an athlete. Coaches are different, but an athlete who, um, who fans were just so – you know, against that they they didn't want to see him. Not based on performance. You know, if it was just a you know baseball, you know, Royals right. player, it was bad pitcher, just, yeah, just, horrible yeah. pitcher, can't have him back. But based on behavior, perform or behavior, I don't remember that ever happening. And it would, I mean, to give up a Pro Bowl cornerback, how how easy are those guys to find? Yeah, Pro yeah. Bowl cornerbacks. There is an interesting case to be made, and, and Blair, you would of all of us have a far better shot at understanding this. Um, but how much is he one of the most polarizing athletes Kansas City's had in the last generation? Anyway, well, who's in who's in this conversation? I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, tell you there who. aren't many, right? Who would who would they be? Well, I gotta imagine Chiefs fans weren't thrilled with Dale Carter or Larry Johnson, right? <laughs> you know, Larry Johnson comes to mind yeah. as somebody who um, you know. And I'll tell you what, um, those who who follow us. Uh, on, on Facebook Live, I'm sure have their ideas about this. Mm-hmm. Larry Johnson was not a popular, yeah. certainly not a popular person. He was very unpopular with media. That doesn't that doesn't matter. Um, but you know what? As long as he was rushing for 1,700 yards a year, they they were good with him. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they a little were, cap on it. Bring him, yes. bring him back. Uh, I, I think that's what happens to a. Um, a, an above-average player who becomes a behavior issue. It makes it easy to say let's let's part ways when otherwise it wouldn't have, it wouldn't happen. Okay, um, so the Raiders, you know, they they bounced back after a rough start. This is a six and six football team. Started two and four, and they won last week despite not having either one of their top receivers. Yeah, um, Crabtree is going to go off, and you know Cooper. Might be back, but the one guy they couldn't defend the last time was Jared Cook. The t- they might not even have the guy they were using against him. It was Eric Murray. Um, That's right. Cook was the one that extended the game. Yeah, fourth because, and ten was right? it? Or what, what, well, was he, it, or? he he was huge on the on the final drive. Yeah. The, he had the big reception on fourth down. Murray couldn't stop him. And then he was the one that one of the on one of the penalties in the in the end zone that, that extended the game. Two untimed downs to end the game. One of those was because of. I don't know if it was Murray or Nelson that couldn't defend um, Cook. Interesting game, I think. Um, I, just, the one thing you have to hang your hat on as a, Chief, as a Chiefs fan is that, okay, they're good against the division teams, but that's it. I mean, there's nothing else really here. to. They haven't given you anything to be excited about. They haven't given you one reason to expect them to do better than they have. Um, you know, we'll get to our predictions later, but, man. No. You know, this is not like a great time to be a Chiefs fan, man. Like, no. and, and look, what, one <laughs> one quick question is: Do you do you think on one side of the ball, fixed is the wrong word, but do you, do you have reason to feel like you'll have some continuity with the offense? Maybe uh, after last week and the success they had against Oakland earlier in the season. The, the, you're right on both counts. They had success against one of their better offensive games, and uh, and and then they were terrific offensively, in in a manner of speaking, against the Jets. And I, there's no kind of way to address this topic without sounding almost insulting to offensive players or coaches, but the Chiefs scored 31 points, and they had four touchdowns in a game for only the third time this year. I think the Patriots and the, and the Texans were the other two games. But they held the ball for 17 minutes. That's a big problem. It's a big problem when you hold the ball for that and run 45 plays. That's, you know what, you're not sustaining drives. You're not keeping your defense, you know, off the field. Um, you, you don't not score. You always have to score. If, if the opportunity is there to throw a 79-yard pass, you do it. Or 
you throw to Kelsey too long ones, you do it. But, but, but you're it, right. But it's what they did on the other possessions, not picking up first downs, not establishing a running game, not winning the line of scrimmage. That's what's killing them. And the chicken and egg of it is horrible when you've got, you know, the other team routinely having 15-play, eight-minute drives well, that, yeah. that just – Demoralized. They're yeah, demoralized. 13 to 20 third down conversions. That's the one that's. Yeah, I, oof. I will tell you this. I'd hesitate before assuming the offense is back on track. Um, you guys are going to laugh at this, but whatever. Um, so, w- one thing I did last night, because remember we talked about the 2013 offensive line? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back and watched the game that should not be named, right? The indie game, right? And <laughs> it was noticeable how hard the offensive line came off the ball and the movement they generated doubling at the point and climbing. That was noticeable because I haven't seen that in weeks. Who were those guys? At Brandon Albert. Yep. The left guard was Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen. The yep. center was Rod Hudson. Yep. John Asamoa. Mm-hmm. No, it was Jeff Schwartz. Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz at right guard. And then Don Stevenson. Uh-huh. And those guys were getting off the ball, man. Like I was like, wow. Like I have like Can't these. Seen this uh, yeah, like I was. It was noticeable how they were getting off. Those guys were all playing for money too, right? It, that was that was real, and I was like, wow. Um, that's something to remember. The only, my whole point for bringing that up is that the best indicator, in my opinion, for offensive success is an offensive line that can bring it every week. And yeah, they got some big shot plays against the Jets. But I don't know if I've seen enough with this offensive line. Well, look, can you really say it's a it's a functional it, offense functioning as it should be if you're getting 11 rushes for 17 or nine rushes for 17 yards or whatever it was that Kareem Hunt. And so that's that's a heck of a point. It relates directly to your point about the line. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they've simplified things. I know I was killing them in the past for some very difficult blocks, and I do think that helped, especially in the passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, the offensive line pass protected okay against the Jets. Now, granted, you know it's not like they got you know, you know, eighty six Taylor coming off the edge, but you know they they do, you know, you know the the, the front three they have is pretty, you know, they they got some guys. Um, my point is like I don't know, I just I can't I can't promise you guys that yeah. the offense is going to be able to do that against this Raider team. Khalil Mack is a real problem. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Yeah. Always yeah. is against the Chiefs. Uh, you know they they have some like Bruce Irvin's playing well like. I don't know, man. Like this is gonna be a tough game, and it's gonna get tougher if the defense can't get a stop, which they couldn't the last time. Remember when we when we were talking about the Raiders game going into that week? It was all about how Derek Carr never had a good game against against the Chiefs. He'd beaten everybody, had great games against everybody else, but his collective you know record against the Chiefs was really poor. And for whatever for whatever reason, and a lot of it's Marcus Peters. You know, um, he had no success against the Chiefs, and then he has great success against the Chiefs in that game. And part of that was he, no, that was the that may have been one of the first games I remember the Chiefs not getting any pressure. Derek Carr having a you know pretty clean pocket the whole game, um, pretty easy pickings against. And maybe the Chiefs. no, almost no pressure since. Maybe the was it the Denver game they got three sacks, but that that's about it. I think they've had one sack in the mm-hmm. last four games, and that's a whole other thing, but. You know, I will say this, though. It's pretty neat to have a meaningful game with the Chiefs and Raiders in December, right? I mean, if you, if you weren't so conscious of the way the season's gone for the Chiefs, they're basically playing for the division in December. They are. Uh, this is um, Alex Smith talked about today. It's a two-game season, really, for the Chiefs, right? It's, yeah. It's, um, and I, I really think anything less than 2-0, and and, and they, don't, they don't win the division and go to the playoffs. I think even if they split, it's one of the other two teams is going to – Continue to play well, and uh, I think the Chiefs really need to go two and zero in the next two weeks. You talked about this a little bit before, Blair, but just breaking down the number: the Chiefs lose this week, then they they they'll be they'll have been swept by the Raiders. So they can't they, they would lose finish, a tie with they, the Raiders. They have to finish ahead of the Raiders. In the yeah. Stadium. Okay. Um, that just means that my January is going to be clear. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to stop mentioning that because last time I mentioned stuff like that. I had the entire thing ruined. So, <laughs> you guys you mean wanna... when we were we were wearing like the sunglasses and yeah. the sombrero oh, or whatever done. right before I'm gonna stop before jinx- summer break? I'm going to stop. Okay. Jinxing, I'm going to stop jinxing myself. <laughs> All right. You guys want to answer some questions? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jesse Bates. Thanks for watching, man. We appreciate you. He says, uh, "Any whispers in the building about what's going on with D Ford? And do you guys think Eric Fisher is still playing at a good enough level to warrant his contract?" I'll handle that. Um, 
I don't know what's going on with D Ford. I, I, I'm surprised he's been out as long as he's had. He has been. To be he, honest, he looks fine. I mean, what do I know about back injuries, right? But he's walking around. He walks around the locker room and, and he looks fine. Um, I'll tell you who else looked in, was in, yeah, yeah. interesting. Look today in the locker room. <laughs> Didn't speak to reporters, but there was Eric Berry prancing, pr- running across right. the locker room, uh, running from his locker area to the shower, I guess area. And nothing, you know, he with the Achilles injury, nothing, no band, no brace or anything, nothing on his on his foot. Um, I'm not look. I'm yes, not, I'm not yeah. saying anything. Just I, I didn't, I didn't expect to see him. You know, prancing is a good word <laughs> or running through the locker room today. That no. just was a startled look. It was. We head on a yeah. swivel like what? Yeah. Um, you saw it too, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Gallivanting. Gallivanting. <laughs> really, that, that was the verb I was looking for. Gallivanting. Do you guys think Fish is playing at a good enough level? No, I mean, no, not right now. Like, you know, he needs to be better than he has been. Yeah, Would sure you say anyone on the offensive line is playing to the level they need to be playing right now? Not really, right? No, I mean. It's not like one guy's a hero and everybody else is. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to defend anybody up yeah. there. I mean, if one guy was nominating his blocks, they would just keep running there. Mm-hmm. And no one is, so. Yeah. Um, Matthew Brownfield, thanks for watching. Matt says, "Do you? Uh, when did the team leaders get a heads up on this happening today before it broke?" Yeah, yeah. 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 That was how Andy explained it. Yeah, that's um, how Andy. And in fact, the thought was initially that maybe these guys had some say or right or some feedback in it, but Andy made it pretty clear it was his yeah. or their decision passed on to the players as opposed to know, with Al- input. And Alex Smith was asked about it today, and he said uh, he was he, he used the word officially. Officially, we found out this morning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so I don't know. There must have been some buzz about it. Uh, you think the, LO, the LOL was the yeah, tip-off? maybe. No. Maybe. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm sure one of Marcus's teammates knew. Like, he's close right. with a lot of DBs there. Like, yeah, knew. yeah. Um, Jesse Bates says, do you guys think he left because he was frustrated or because he really thought he was ejected? What do you guys think? That's the question, isn't yeah. it? I think that's a, I think that's a significant it is distinction. and almost impossible to understand with what we know, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing that you guys have both brought this up and Sam brought it up, it's true. So you've got a Chiefs security guy walking him off the field. Now, that's on the opposite side of the field from the Chiefs bench. So he had to go over there, right? It's not like he was just waiting for Marcus to come walking along. So why was he dispatched over there? Yeah, it, it, it's, unless he saw Marcus walking off and did it on his own. I mean, that's kind of interesting. You want like a replay camera on, on where he got into mind to go over there. Mm-hmm. I thought he was ejected because the ref took his hat and threw his hat, which is another penalty. It was the but same it, thing the ref did when Kelsey got thrown yeah. out. Right. Well, it they, was they, like they do that they because, take the hat off. Right. Because like, you don't have your flag. Right. You, you, and the I, same ref throwing a second penalty. And in the press oh, box, when, when they made the announcement that it was considered a foul against the official. Yeah, but that, it was announced right. that way. Announced it didn't show way. up in the play-by-play right. sheet, but yeah. that was, it was announced that way. And it was right as we saw him walking off, and they said that. It was like, oh, foul against the official. That, You've got to go. That's what they announced yeah. on the field, on, with the it microphone is, yeah. on the field. I don't even think that, like, like, man, if Marcus just comes back with his socks on, then, you know. I actually, like, in, in what I've been writing, I actually try to make that point that each one of these little things could be, like, you know, maybe you come back out with your socks on, ready to play. Yeah, like, like nobody. My is. bad. I'm I'm hurrying back and this out. This isn't even like a question, really. I mean, yeah, but there were no socks, so I mean, and there was a which, photo of him with no socks. And right? by the way, it, which it it, if he had gone in, uh, NFL rule to have your socks on, he would have gotten a penalty for it. That's right. That's um, right. He couldn't. He would have had to have taken the socks of a teammate <laughs> in a league fine for uniform um, compliance. Right. <laughs> Somebody could have been taking their cleats off. Well, we'll take their... good point. Do we, can you be fined for what you're wearing on the sideline if you don't go back in the game? They got the uniform police, so mm. so maybe he's getting fined also. Tyler Tyler Dinner says if Eric Berry was still healthy, with the meltdown, will we have seen the same meltdown on Sunday in the season as a whole? You brought no. this up. No. No. Yeah. No way. Emphatic. No. no way. No way. Eric's like the one guy in there that reaches every corner of the room. Kelsey kind of does it too, but. Eric can reach every corner. You know, Houston has guy. tried a few times with Marcus, right? But is it just what is it? He doesn't play the same position. He doesn't yeah. quite crack I mean, the code actually, with Marcus the way Barry can. He's actually done a pretty good job, but because I mean, this could have happened weeks ago. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's different with Barry. But Barry's back there with him. Yeah, Barry can yeah. talk to him every play if he needs to. 
you know, plus Eric Berry has an immense amount of respect and commands it across the league. So, um, you know, I, I just think that matters. And it's different when Eric can't isn't on the field with him, mm-hmm. you know, or on the sidelines sitting on the bench. Right. You know what I mean? It's just different. Um, I also think that Eric is one of those guys that holds people accountable. Um, you know, he has the ability to change a teammate's behavior through, through talking. I know he's done that specifically on a few occasions. Like, he's one of the people that brought the best out of Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just I heard some story last year where, like, you know, Barry got tired of, like, the up-and-down play, and he went up to him in practice one day and was like, hey, you know, you can dominate. Like, do it. And, like, Jones was good for, like, four games in a row or something. <laughs> like, that, that is real, man. Like, you know, missing that dude stinks for these guys, man. He's they're, kind of important. They're, they're guys, they're teammates that, that I think command so much respect that the younger or, or other players don't want to disappoint, right? Yeah. They don't yeah, want to yeah. disappoint him. And I think that's – Eric Berry's the only guy in that locker room who's, who is that way, who's like that. Yeah. Um, and – Without him, you lose that. You, no. you lose that element. They, they have got to – I mean, they, I, I do think that if they're going to try to win next year in a meaningful way, like if they're really going to say, hey, we want to win – like and mean it, they, you say, I want to win the Super Bowl and mean it, there's going to be need to be – they need to pay an over-the-hill veteran at a position of need um, that can still play, but is like 30 or something. Somebody that's won, somebody – that commands respect. Somebody that can wear the C. You know, that happens important. in baseball all the time. And so look, that's, that's a, it's such a baseball. Thing. I think you made it. Your point. Yeah. Your point was so perfect, Blair. Though there's a difference between just guys around the room that you respect and guys that you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. Uh, you can you can picture that in any work setting, even. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't want to let them down. Yeah. Just don't. Um, I think this. I think this leadership as a whole needs to improve. I do I think, too. I think, I think I, I do too. It's really been tested for the first time in the you know Andy yeah. tenure, right? Yeah. Really going through something bad, and they can't get out of it. This team is too talented to have this kind yes. of stretch. This stretch is embarrassing. And good teams hold each other accountable. That's what happens. They hold each other accountable, and they you know, hey, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. get in the. I've had you do that to me. That's why we work. <laughs> How many times have we been picked up by these guys, you know? You know? <laughs> like, that's what happened. Hey, let's go. Let's Come go. on. What are you doing today? Right? Did you get in the, did you get in the weight room right. today? Did you get in the film room today? Let's go. Like, that stuff matters, man. I think Sam's the only one that we haven't reached. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> can't reach him. <laughs> Sam's a quiet player. He needs to feel like he doesn't let you down. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's very much laid back. You know, he just, you know, we don't have to worry about him. Um, Thank you for the question, Matt. Paul DeSantis says, will any of you be shocked if they traded Marcus in the offseason? Shock? The problem is, what are you going to, like, who's going to, you know, like, who wants to, so if you're going to figure out who would trade for Marcus Peters, you would have to say, okay, who has the need, right? And who has what you want. <laughs> but uh, not even that, but hey, who has the just need? Just who has the need to start and there. And who has a strong enough head coach to take it, right? Yeah. And anybody east, anybody west of New England? Well, enough head coach. <laughs> also, who is not on the Chiefs' schedule the next two years. Like, it comes down to all that. No, no, no. I mean, that, that, I got to imagine that's a pretty tiny list, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Pete Carroll. Maybe Pete Carroll can handle that. They got a lot of personality mm-hmm. in that room. A lot of, yeah, a lot of. Uh, Plus, that's not that far away from Oakland. Plus, Marshawn's been there. David Yule just mentioned Doug Peterson. Yeah. Uh, Philly might be a tough. Yeah, if if this so. is a tough fit for him, Philly might know. be a tough fit. There's no now, way. No, I'm not talking about the team, but I mean just that the market city. and the, the media. No, tell you what though, the, the Seattle is that that Seattle's kind of ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although they, they play them next year, they're they're at no. Seattle next season. Well, well, you know what? Here's the one thing you'd have to think about too: would the compensation be good enough to deal with it to take that L? Like, if you make that trade, you need a con- you need decent compensation. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, you know? for for that trade, yeah, you, you need you need excellent compensation. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you would. You like, do. You, need, you do. That matters, you, you know. You can't just give them away. Oh, God, no. Are you, why would no, you? I, and you know what? Maybe you just keep them. If you can work this thing out, and Andy, like, that, that's what's best. Yeah. You know, but I, I, we can't tell you no. 
Because we don't know. We don't know. We've got to see how this thing ends, man. Look, a real, exactly. A real thing is how he responds to this the rest of the season. Them Not Philly just in how fans. he plays, but, but oh, in, no. on yeah. the field. Oh, and I, I don't, I don't see Peterson as the kind of alpha dog that could handle that. I just, I'm sorry, I don't see that. They do have some strong leaders in that room, though. Jason Peters and Kelsey, and mm-hmm. you know, some of those guys are pretty. Malcolm Jenkins, they got some guys, but better leadership than here. But that's well, those are the criteria. So have fun with that. Um, is this a wake up call? To Pe- the wake up call was turning the Jets into the who? Ninety nine Rams. That you know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the wake up call. Okay, uh, Brian LeBurge is the one liner king. So did Andy just suspend Sam as well? <laughs> Bobby Tarwacki says, "Do you think they saw anything on tape that added to the suspension? Was there an effort issues with Peters? Baldinger roasted him yesterday. Oh, okay, he roasted him. I, I didn't like that because, like, if you watch the whole game, like, are there effort issues? I mean, the tackling is one thing." It, the, the, it's, they're acting like he's not into. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. But go he's ahead. acting like he's not into the game, guys. They had there was one time they were in an incorrect alignment in the fourth quarter, and he's the one that I, called timeout. I saw. I saw. And was that. pissed off about it. Like we're not gonna act like he wasn't into the game. We're not gonna do that. He was into the game. I'm told on the plane flight home, he was still agonizing over the game, talking to guys right. about the game, trying to figure out what went wrong. Like that's not really fair. Like that's not a fair thing. Like that no one. I would tell you this, like nobody in that room, very few people care as much about the game of football as much as he did. He was into the game. He, he was just pissed visible, the whole time. He was visibly upset. The that whole penalty, time. Penalty stricken. That whole penalty series, he was, he, that's he not, was the only guy on the defense that looked, looked rattled. That's not a checked out guy. Okay? It's not, but here's two things that add to that. Or the lead, petulance lead to that bad, perception. The, the, the petulance hurts, but he, uh, he, is, he is at times... Contact averse at times, oh, yeah, not always. I, yeah, there's... But the other thing he does that's that's interesting to me is he does not do the false hustle thing where you jump on a pile late, and that can be misconstrued as a he's not really hustling. But he doesn't do the little nonsense. Right, right, that, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about something else with the tackling, though. Okay, so the Jets had more than a few goal line situations, correct? Uh, I believe it was ten plays from okay. at once they reached the five yard line. Guess who was in the game on the goal line? When the other corner came out, Peters. Guess who was in the box on those plays? You know, second and goal from the one. Marcus Peters is in the box inside the tackle. I don't think that's the place you put a guy who won't tackle when it matters. So have some context here, like just some information for you. I know it always feels like I'm defending him, but I think it's important to be fair on both, yeah. both ways. Just try to, right? look, I, I, th- I think he's, he's such a riddle that you've got to – Try to understand him, um, and so you're you're left with you're you're left. What I think what fancy of Marcus Peters is what's shown on their screen and then in replays. But one of the advantages that we have is we 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 do get a broader perspective of him at the game on the sideline when the cameras aren't on him in the locker room among his teammates. Among his right, teammate. yeah, we yeah. do, even though he doesn't he doesn't share often with the media. Um, we do get to see him in, in places that others don't get to see him. Um, and, and I have – the only problems that I've had with him are what you just expressed, some of the tackling issues and then the knucklehead penalty. You know, As a player, I think he's fantastic. Um, I, I, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you should want Marcus Peters on your team and you'd want him back here next year. Matthew Brownfield has some good questions about Eric Berry he wants to ask you guys. Um, Barry's been around. He has been, but it's different when you're not playing. I mean, you're like here, but you're not on the field. You know, you're not really in the mix. There's a heat of the battle issue here. What makes the gallivanting special beyond the obvious? Was this the first time you've seen him without the bandage or boot? First time I've seen him. Yeah, me too. And he moves so fast, I really just saw him out of the corner of my eye. Right, I had to mention to you, look. Yeah. uh, um, The the, the significance to me, that, that was a significance, the Chiefs have dealt with a lot of Achilles injuries here in the last few years, and once these guys have those injuries, they disappear, right? You don't see them. Oh. You, you never see them. But That's this, true. You saw him. This is Barry, what, uh, 10, 11 weeks after, after he suffered the injury, and it, it just was surprising to see him. And we don't see him during the week often either. You know? Yeah. He's, in, he's been in there occasionally but with a, on a cane or you know, with a crutch. This time it was, it was crutchless and running. 
Yeah, I, I noticed it right away. In the locker room, it doesn't mean any doesn't mean anything about the season, but it was just surprising to see. Sorry, I can't be more specific. Oh, you're good, man. Larry Looper says Mike Tomlin could handle Peters. Man, but do you really want the Steelers having that guy? Jesus, man, he'd be a good fit there, too. can't beat the Steelers. God. <laughs> you know whenever you face the Chiefs, like, if you face Marcus Peters, he's getting one. Like, you just, you just <laughs> like, might just as well like just like bank it the Raiders. Up. Just get it over with early. Right. Just here. <laughs> <Be done. laughs> um, any word on who will call plays this week? I imagine it went so well that Nagy is still doing still it. Still doing it. Who wins the West, guys? Jordan Tribe asks. I feel like the best team right now is San Diego. Uh, Car- Los Angeles, Car- Los Angeles, Los Angeles, sorry. I was going to say the Carson Chargers. The Carson Chargers. <laughs> yeah. They're they're definitely the favorites right but now. But I don't I don't know who wins. Although all I mean. the all the analytics and the computer things said the Chiefs are still have the best because they have two home I guess the three of the three, three of the four at home. home. All division. All, yeah, no, the, the th- I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, two yeah. Yeah, at Denver. at Denver. So the weakest one of the three division games on the road. Analytics say the Chiefs, my sense just says the way the way the Chargers are playing. Ernie Grafner says, who should we keep on the offensive line? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of Mitch Morris. I think his play fell off sharply after he – I mean, he might have a broken bone in his foot for all and we he know. Gets we know. He got right? re-injured in New yeah. York. In yeah. Not when he's shown. Mitch he Morris is a good football didn't player. Didn't practice today, and, and I'm, I'm kind of worried about him the rest of the season. Yeah, right? yeah. You have to wonder now. I you know, I, th- I think the Chiefs could go with um, – with Zach, Zach at center and Witzman at, uh, at guard. At guard and you know, they really won a lot of games with Zach at center, man. I like you know? Zach at center. Yeah, I just, I do I just like his size. I do, too. You like him enough that you'd wonder about moving Mitch to guard yeah, next I year? Would. I really would. I would, too. Cause He's played it. Cause Zach's, Zach's certainly better as a center. I, yes. I think so. Yes. And, yes. and I think Mitch can play guard. Yes. And Mitch, yeah, Mitch could probably be as good as a guard. Yeah. And plus, that gives you a really athletic left side of the line with him and Fisher. It'd be nice to see him get back to some of their running back screens, man. I mean, I don't feel like I've that, seen it at where, all. Where has that been? I don't know. I don't know where it's been. But, you know, I I don't think – I think Zach Fulton, you can win a lot of games. Now, his one issue is, like, you know, he's never he'd never been a center before he came to the NFL. So, like, his understanding of, like, calling out – like it's not going to be the same as us three were at the game that he debuted. It was the it was the exhibition game against the Rams in St. Louis, and he he lined up the center for the first time and had a great game. Yeah, I also wonder if uh, Parker Eringer, who I really like, yeah, I think you might get the best of him next year, right? It's so, going to have to be. Right? It looks like it's going to have to be. You know, I think you know that might be something to keep an eye on, man. I, I think they probably missed that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I keep Mitch Morris. In a perfect world, because the kind of line I want, I keep Zach Fulton, but I don't, you know. Yeah, you he, think he's... I like him. I just like him. Now. Yeah. It'll yeah. be a cheap something. But, you know, Duvernay Tardif, you got to keep him because you got the money. He's playing hurt, too, I'm sure. Um, you know, Mitch Schwartz is getting to the point where you can probably save a little by releasing him. Yeah. But there's not the offensive line play in this league is so poor, you know, you're not going to find someone better. You maybe want to develop someone better, but Mitch is still, you know, the best you're going to have there. The problem is... You're not going to draft anybody that's going to make you better immediately, you know, unless it's an interior guy. You know, maybe you can find someone. But honestly, with their second and third round picks, Blair? Which are their first couple of picks in the draft. I need an edge rusher, man. I yeah, need yeah, another edge, edge rusher. rusher. I need another corner now. Those You just named the two, the two biggest teams. <laughs> yeah, that, it certainly emerges that. Edge, that now, this team yeah. needs some help, man. These guys yeah. need a lot of help. Yeah. That's a good that's, question, Earn. That's what Bull gets you for. You need to be scouting Chiefs edge rushers, edge, edge rushers, <laughs> and cornerbacks. Hey. These bowl games. Hey, I've been doing this for a while. Now. <laughs> I got. It. Okay, we got that under control. Okay, babe. Um, I will have. I, I want to have you on a podcast. Where we talk about college players we like. Yeah, we'll do that. absolutely. We'll do that. Um, does this same skid happen if Dorsey was our GM this year? That's a question from Kyle Fisher. I can tell you that yes. That has had no bearing on this happening. Yeah, I agree. I, it's the same I team, agree. man. It just believe me. Um, this you're right. He says after this offseason is this year really a huge surprise. Now that's an interesting point because I I know Tom only cares about winning, and for him to mention the stuff he did made me start thinking, huh? I wonder if some of these guys, you know, wish that those three that missed were there. Uh, in retrospect, Barry probably hadn't been feeling right. <laughs> he missed it trying to heal up. Remember we talked to him when he came for the mandatory camp? And he, we were like, what have you been doing? He was like, resting. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. huh, that's interesting. And then the, then the Achilles thing happened. Remember how people ridiculed him? Yeah. Some people. I mean, well, like, then he goes, not, not thinking he yeah. knew what was best for himself. Yeah, at St. Joe, he's, you know, he's off. he doesn't work out 
for days, but he kind of stands out there for hours signing autographs. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, up at the up, up near the press gate, and but that but then he gets hurt in New England. I'm thinking, man, what 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 was going on there? That, uh, that oh. what did he know, and what what was going on with that? Maybe that foot? Uh, just speculation. Like maybe they knew it was going to snap. Like yeah, maybe yes. that's the kind of thing where it's just like you feel it, you know it's coming. When you start seeing guy with Achilles on the injury report, I feel like it always snaps in like two months or something. Yeah, like it's coming, and they just knew it. And they just I tried think to they were, manage it. I think they were putting foot. He was down for yeah. foot injury. Yeah, um, heel. They were saying heel. heel. That's what. Yeah, it, it, was. it was heel. heel. It was heel. It's like so fascinating. There's some player that they just said had some Achilles stuff recently that's been on the injury report. Who was that? Yes. Oh, gosh. I'll have to Google it. I know. Um, but, yeah. But something to keep an eye on. Um, thoughts on Catano from Sunday? Well, here, good question, Jesse. He plays hard. The kid really plays his tail off almost did it yeah um he really plays he gets that and he's energetic he's somebody you can build with really happy with the development in a game where like not everybody was terribly into it i know benny was reggie raglan was um Derek didn't play bad either but uh rakeem was into it yeah he was rakeem was into it um you know tano was playing hard he was getting after now his eyes need a lot of work you know, the reason he's not playing, you saw it a few times, that edge, you know, he's got to learn to hold that a little better. And he, 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 he's got some work there, okay? Uh, just as far as understanding the concepts of holding the edge and how and when to do it, that's going to take some time. Um, but there's stuff to build on with him. I'll tell you what, don't, don't Google Chiefs and Achilles injuries because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to sift through hundreds of stories. Infinity. <laughs> Brendan Downey says, is Reeves showing any leadership qualities? I mean, he just got here, man. So, look, man. I don't, it, it's who? Darryl, Darryl Reeves. Oh, Reeves. No, I I it's, it's too, too yeah, I don't think that that. that's. Yeah. yeah. If Alex finishes strong, can we get a number one pick? for No, that's not happening. No. You'd be doing good to get us two, I think, at this point. Yeah, you, you've been saying three, and I was maybe with fingers crossed saying two. Yeah. Um, okay. I've read all the ones that I've seen, guys. We do appreciate you watching. Let's make our predictions for Sunday. Let's start here. I, I said it Sunday. I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm going Chiefs in this game. Um, I, I just, I, I think they found some solutions at the Meadowlands. Uh, this Mark Speeders thing throws a wrench into the, the defensive plans, but sometimes teams rally around such moments. So I'm going to give this one to the Chiefs. Pretty close. High-scoring game in Oakland. I'll go the opposite way here. Nineteen uh, seventeen, Chiefs. Grudgingly going to go with the Chiefs too, um, and think just the law of odds that they're going to finally win one of these close ones. Twenty-eight, twenty-four, Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Raiders because I'm tired of being wrong. So um, <laughs> I'm just tired of it. So I think they could win, but now show me time. Win a game, and maybe I pick you again. Raiders twenty seventeen. Um, Thank you guys for watching. We appreciate it. Remember, go to KansasCity.com for all your Chiefs news. Also, remember to rate and review us on SportsBeatKC on iTunes. This is also on Android. I always pimp iTunes, sure, but yeah. on Android, too. You check that out. Um, we do appreciate you guys watching. Thank you for all your questions. I tried to get to as many as possible. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys.